I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Monday. J.J. Watt signed, as you heard, with Arizona. We now know that winning wasn't the highest priority in Watt's decision. We'll break it down. Alex Smith out in Washington. The odds have not been adjusted against Washington because of this. In fact, they're now the second favorite in the NFC East, an improvement generally with Washington's odds. Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA won their fifth straight against the Clippers. But this team that's done so well in the regular season in the last two years, there's still skepticism about the playoffs. Bucks are only the fourth favorite to win the title. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live on a Monday, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Man, this is a, a jam-packed show. We always say we got more show than the hour. Well, I think we got two hours worth. We're going to get the best of jammed in this hour. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. Now, I'm the pro. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got a quarterback, de- a quarterback departure rather in the NFC East, we've also got a big weekend recap in the NBA for those interested. But what is the Vegas lead here on this Monday? We're going to start with J.J. Watt, and then we're going to go to the quarterback. Some call it a carousel. I think it's musical chairs because someone's going to be left without a quarterback to play with that can win. But let's start with J.J. Watt because I think this signing surprising in its financial size and where he went. Yeah, it was former Texans defensive end J.J. Watt who announced himself on his social media earlier today that he has signed with the Arizona Cardinals. It is a reported two-year deal worth $31 million, $23 million guaranteed. Okay. So, as Seinfeld once said, there's nothing wrong with that. And we're talking now about signing with a greater emphasis on the money. But undoubtedly, that's what this was. If you look at the Houston situation for J.J. Watt, the former contract situation, Watt had a $17 million price tag with one year. Now, two years at a smidge less than 17 per but really significantly more than expected. In general, and Jonas, you can tell me if you agree with this, the consensus opinion at the time Houston agreed to release him. Remember, this wasn't Houston's initiative. Houston would have been pretty happy to keep him because maybe he was a smidge overpaid, but you could make the case considering the hubbub in Houston, considering them wanting to get Watson back, they would have paid that little premium to keep that continuity. But most analysts said, huh, 17 is a lot. 
not necessarily a bad deal, Houston letting him go. Would you agree that was a consensus? Yeah, diminishing skill set. And according to a lot of people, they felt like the contract, the amount of money that he was going to get paid, they were better served putting that elsewhere. So it felt like the, you know, the end was here. So if that's the case, wouldn't the same rationale apply to Arizona? And I would say this. There certainly were kind of the end is near but there was also saying, hey, J.J. Watt had a good year last year, and injury-wise, he was a lot healthier than he had been in some recent prior years. So last year was a, an uptick, and, the, and what I heard the most of was he can't do it like he did, which was as high as performing as anyone ever has really in the NFL. At his height, he was as good as any D-lineman, Aaron Donald-type level today was J.J. Watt. He won three Defensive Players of the Year right in a row. I mean, it was very impressive. He's not that, but he's still a top, you know, quarter of the league type player at his position. It's just he can't do it for the whole game anymore. It was more about finding his spots. But I think you're right, Jonas. In general, he was a little overpaid. Was yeah, the consensus. And, and look, a lot of the injuries obviously had mounted up. I mean, you know, he missed significant time over the past several years. Uh, I think he's over the past five years, if I have this correct, he played all 16 games once or twice. So, yeah, this so last is, time, last season was the second time in five yes. years he had played all his games. Yeah, so the feeling was not the player he once was, but can still make an impact from time to time during a game. Yeah, I think that's perfect. Now, so here's the question. If he, if it was viable for Houston to let him go, saying ah, it's a little much, a little much for us, why wouldn't a richer contract, in the sense of giving that second year and all the guarantees with it, why is that a good signing? Meaning, I'm not saying it's a horrible sign. It feels like we're we're kind of delving into the hmm, reasonable people can disagree. Where reasonable people could disagree, Houston should have kept him or released him, but it was a tight call. I'm not saying Arizona made a horrible decision. I'm saying this is not a coup. This is not a, oh, wow, did Arizona do a, get a good signing here? It feels like, if anything, they paid a little bit more when it comes to commitment than Houston. And thus, if Houston's decision wasn't horrible to let him go, it can't be great to make a similar type commitment if you're Arizona. And I also think that J.J. Watt... We've got to be candid. This was about the money because, and this is going to be the most surprising thing I say today, probably. Arizona chance to win the Super Bowl is less than if I got a dart, did a shot of whiskey, put a blindfold on, and threw a dart randomly at the other 31 teams. The odds are better than 50% that I'd hit a team with that dart that had a better chance to win the Super Bowl than Arizona. Because Arizona is the 17th favorite to win the Super Bowl. So think about it. 16 teams ahead of him, 15 behind him. He could have randomly picked a team and had a better chance. You're going to do better than average, or you're going to do average or better more than half the time. And Arizona's chance to win the Super Bowl is below Average by a smidge, but below average. I think Jonas is undebatable. If someone has almost their pick of teams and they go to a place with a below average chance to win the Super Bowl, 
That means that winning the Super Bowl was not a high priority. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get the signing at all. Um, people well, have tried, I get it. Moolah. Well, yeah, exactly. But if you believe the initial reports that were out there, that J.J. Watt's got certain criteria for who he wants to go to. He wants a team that's got a franchise quarterback. He wants a team that's that's trying to win a Super Bowl. He wants, Like all of these things that we were fed about what was a priority to J.J. Watt, and then he chooses the Cardinals. And now I've seen people out there try and make it make sense outside of just the fact that they offered him maybe the, the best contract he could get. And one of the things is, well, you know, uh, DeAndre Hopkins was his former teammate. All right, well, they played different sides of the ball, so I don't know how good their relationship was. And the other one was, well, you know, he's uh, familiar with the defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph was a, a defensive backs coach in Houston. It's not like he was his position coach or even his defensive coordinator. So I don't, I don't understand. And I would also double down on the Super Bowl odds – I still believe Arizona at this moment is the worst team in that division. I think they're worse than San Francisco. I think they're worse than Seattle. I think they're worse than the Rams. So I don't I don't understand it. I, I, well, I think almost unquestionably that's true, right? I mean, who is going to say – who wants to bet – and I'm saying no one does. I'm not soliciting. Who would want to bet any of those three other teams against them versus Arizona heads up? <laughs> the only right? I think the only argument would be what and, and we're we obviously we're gonna get to that. What's gonna happen with Russell Wilson in Seattle? Yeah, but and you're then, not signing somewhere because there's a chance and the, the betting market is right. saying that there's an eighty percent chance right. that he's back in Seattle. So yeah, you've got the almost unequivocally fourth worst team in the division, seventeenth yes. best team by Super Bowl odds. And I think there's only one thing. That's it. Money. I'm about making money. That's a dream, y'all. That's the American dream. (laughs) All right. I'm fine (laughs) with it. But let's be honest about it. All right. Let's take... I got to tell you, I've got a... No, I'm going to do this first. I want to talk... Because this is a a quick 90-second one, but I want to reiterate something as we shift gears. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas, staying in the NFL, and I want to talk about Dak Prescott, because we're going to talk more about Russell Wilson and about some other quarterback situations. Dak, there hasn't been a bunch of news on, but something I said Friday as we were going back and forth just has really stuck with me, is I believe that Dak Prescott, a year from today, If everything else were equal, a year from today, Dak Prescott is going to have the most power of any player in NFL history. And I'm open to hearing that debate against it. Jonas, I know we talked about this a little bit last week, but my hypothesis is based upon the following. Quarterback is the most valuable position in the history of the NFL today, meaning how valuable the quarterback is today. No position has ever been that valuable. And Dak Prescott will be the best quarterback. And the only exception we could maybe say is Peyton Manning. But remember, that was after multiple neck surgeries. That was the Colts saying we'd rather have a rookie than you, though a very pedigreed rookie at the time, Andrew Luck. I don't know. With the years left, I think the desire – and let me ask you that question, Jonas. Is Do you think the interest would be higher in Peyton Manning after the Colts when he went to Denver or Dak a year from today, assuming things go – We yeah, he could get injured again. There's a lot of things that could happen. But assuming a normal season, doesn't Dak have the most leverage of any player in the NFL's history? 
Yeah, the only comp would be maybe Kirk Cousins and and Dak Prescott's a better uh, quarterback than oh, Kirk, yeah, Cousins Kirk Cousins. Oh yeah, because Kirk Cousins they were they were shoving out the door effectively. Yeah. Right. And, and, they, they, and also yeah. just from the standpoint of how long you potentially could have Dak Prescott for, because it's so rare that a quarterback comes available yeah. that you don't have to trade for. Deshaun Watson's another story. You got to make that trade in order for that to happen. Dak Prescott could very well be out there for the taking in his prime with with legitimate numbers and legitimate credentials to go along with it to whereas Peyton Manning look if Peyton Man- if Indianapolis knew Peyton Manning's neck was going to be able to be fixed and he was going to be able to recover like he was I'm not sure that Indianapolis walks away from Peyton Manning so no I agree I yeah or minimum and, they at least trade him because exactly. remember they effectively cut him, and that yes. was a courtesy to some degree yeah but my point would be that it's not even about who is the most valuable for a team. Because you're right, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson are better quarterbacks. Now we say, okay, but if you're getting Dak on a free agent signing without having to pay anything beyond the money, that puts him above Russell Wilson if you have to give up three or four first-rounders. That's true, but I'm not even talking. I'm talking about Russell Wilson has zero leverage right now. He's under contract. Now, if you want to make the case Seattle is going to buckle or Deshaun Watson even more so, Houston, McNair, the son, is a you know billionaire. He could say, you know, I just don't like something about that Watson. I'm not going to trade him no matter what. I don't care if he sits for five years, right? He can, yeah. you know, it wouldn't affect McNair's financial position in any way that really matters. So it's only. Houston's willingness to trade him because they want to win and they want to, and I'm not saying they won't trade him. I'm just saying, in truth, Watson doesn't have any leverage. It just would take one person to say, nah, you're fine where you are. And literally, Watson could go to the Supreme Court and he's not going to get out of that contract. So he doesn't have true leverage. It's just, does he have a negotiation position? Yes, Watson does. But Assuming Dallas doesn't pay more in a third tag next year than any player has ever gotten, and it just isn't vi- – Mackenzie, what's that number again? Next year's tag, for if, if it's Dak? 55. 54.1 million. Yeah. 54, 55 million dollars. It's just – it's impo- they're not going to pay that. So let's assume that. Then now it's not only is Dak one of the great catches of all time – but him as an individual has more power than anyone ever has. And as we take our break, it kind of speaks to, well, why hasn't Dak signed? Why haven't the... I think that's the answer. I'll get into it. But the answer is the agent saw a flaw in the system. And now we're starting to just get a peek of what they saw probably two years ago that would put Dak in that position. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words and the heavens And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue the conversation on the rumors involving quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, the J.J. Watt Watt takeaway. 
is a really good contract financially. Arizona's below average, literally, in Super Bowl odds. Obviously, the money was a priority. And then we're getting into Dak and his unique position, and maybe the brilliance of the position from day one. Bottom of the hour, a little on-the-ground report from Vegas, to quote George Costanza, we're back, baby, is a big weekend. And with March Madness coming up, it feels like that for the first time in almost a year, uh, on the ground, it's getting back to normal. Now, we can debate the wisdom of that. I'm not there high-fiving people, but you know, <laughs> uh, there are people high-fiving. We'll just say it that way. This is the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. The audience has doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. We're going to keep working extra hard to deliver the best show possible to you. You can listen on those 225 over-the-air stations, coast-to-coast, in all 50 states. Right here in Vegas on the Strip, 61 degrees, the neon is pumping. And the conversation continues with Dak Prescott. If no contract gets done, he is set up for a $37 million franchise tag, possibly, which could also lead to a $54 million franchise tag next year if they continue to not get a deal done. Though that would be historically bad for Dallas, and, and I think almost an impossibility. But you never know. You never know. I think the here's the if you think about what is brilliance, you know, I, I genius to me is another level, right? But let's just say brilliance. Is it executing on what's already known? So let's be candid. Most of business, we exalt business people, right? I have a finance degree. We can exalt business people. I'll tell you this. I know some mechanics. Where I grew up, which was a very working class, data coal miner type situation, and a lot of really smart people didn't go to college that prior generation. You know, my dad's generation, a lot of smart people didn't go to college. And there's always a sense if someone dresses up in a suit or a sports coat, they're smarter. And the guy with grease on his hands, he's not as smart. And I think oftentimes that's correct. I think uh, more than people would think, especially in prior generations. Nowadays, so many people go to college. It's not even about, you know, not that someone who doesn't go to college is automatically not smart. It's just the, the percentages are moving towards college. And now you've got the idea of, well, within college, it's the Ivy Leagues and the good schools versus the others. And I think you got a lot of brilliant people at, you know, Eastern blah, blah, blah state. We, 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 we make these assumptions, and I think they're generally not correct. I think they're generally less correct than we think. But what does make a brilliant person is an execution of a, an already existing system. I don't care if it's a business process or someone who's making a Subway sandwich. You can be good at that. You can be excellent. It's, but you're doing something you already know what to do. It's just can you do it? Can you keep your discipline? Which is very vital. But this, with Dak, I think, is seeing something new. It's an invention. Because I think what the agent saw, because there was a real change when he changed agents, it seemed like. And we're speculating here. But I think what the agent saw was, is that quarterbacks are signing, and quarterbacks are king, because they don't want that last year of their deal, the first deal, to be poor still. They've broken through. 
I mean, let's look at the prototypical example, Patrick Mahomes. He broke through and was considered one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL after his third year. But he still had the fourth year, and in this case, the fifth-year option, which would have underpaid him relatively. And then there's still a tag year. Now, that is starting to get the tag, and then maybe a second tag year. That is starting to get where you're getting paid, right, once you're tagged. But still, if you're the best quarterback— and the tag would have paid him either the top five or the top ten based on some other details of salary. Patrick Mahomes on a one-year deal in year six that he's getting the average of the top ten quarterbacks means Patrick Mahomes is way underpaid, way underpaid, if that would have happened. Instead, he said, okay, I'm going to give the team a 10-year deal. It's going to be team-friendly, but I'm going to be rich. Money is no longer the issue the minute I sign that contract. That give and take is what quarterbacks have done almost exclusively now. They've taken the security and the big number, even though it wasn't a great deal in the scheme of everything. Okay. Now, Kirk Cousins, you might say, oh, well, that was the exception with what? No. Washington didn't want to sign Kirk. It wasn't that Kirk Cousins said no, Washington. Washington said no to him. You're worth a franchise. You're not worth a long-term deal. So as much as he's a good quarterback now, not great, it was different. The team didn't want him. It's my belief that Dallas wanted Dak. Because the thing I kept saying, Jonas, throughout the two years is, boy, Jerry Jones is known to get these deals done. You know, he always said, don't worry, I'll get that. Right before it was Zeke. I don't think he made a choice, Zeke over Dak. Come back from Cabo, Zeke. No. I think he gets every deal done. Until this one. So he either has a problem with Dak, then it's like, why franchise him a second time? Why not trade him? Why not um, a lot of things? It was, I believe, now in hindsight, and no one's saying this yet, so this is me taking this side of the street. We're going to find out that the agent talked Dak into the fall, and maybe he's right. I think he's right, actually. That everyone's so afraid of these middle years of being kind of underpaid. If you play it this way, and I do think it's unique, not unique, but different, that Dak didn't have a 50-year option because that's only in the first-round picks. And most great quarterbacks are first-round picks. So the fact that he didn't have a 50-year option means the contract was done after year four. And thus, it was right before year four, after three years, that Jonas and I first report, you know, not reported, but discussed. Hey, we hear it was thirty-three million. We hear it was thirty-two. It was four years, maybe five. There was all the debate about why it didn't happen. I think that's the year Dak decided. Unless they blow me out of the water, I'm going to say no. And yeah, that fourth year is going to stink, only making two million. But I had, and I'm talking from Dak's perspective now, and I'll just say he. I guess is better. He had all the endorsements as the Cowboy quarterback. He also probably was able to get insurance. He also was able then most likely to get a loan off the insurance and live the same way he would have even if he signed the deal. And then he understood, after that year, I'm fine because now I'm going to get 31 or whatever if they franchise me. And if they franchise me again, I get 37. No problem there. And then I'm free. And to me, everyone's been so afraid of this, Jonas, 
the quarterbacks that they've all signed. And the agent said, you know what? Not only can I make him more money, I can become famous. I'll be the person that first saw the flaw in this system. What do you think? Well, yeah, and I also think that the number of years was an indicator that they wanted it a certain way. It's well, maybe to the, it was a canard. Maybe it, it was all a smokescreen to say no. Yeah, and, and I think that if I'm not mistaken, I would need to double check this, but I think Todd France, I, I think he's he might also be Deshaun Watson's agent. If I'm not mistaken, Mackenzie, take a gander at that. Because I know he's, research. I, I know that he's somebody else's agent, another big name quarterback's agent, and so the Deshaun Watson deal was lauded by a lot of people as better than the Mahomes deal in the sense that, oh, it's only a four year deal. That means Deshaun Watson's going to get another bite at the apple after that third year, most likely, because they're going to want to extend him out early. And so the big hangup, you remember we talked about it, was the fourth year versus the fifth year. Dallas wanted that extra control and Dak Prescott was like no 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 no. I I only want four years and that reportedly was really the the tipping point as to why negotiations and why this thing didn't get done there was clearly an orchestrated attempt by Dak Prescott and Todd France to get it exactly how they wanted to get it which which might lead to your uh, theory that they were looking ahead of time going hey man the franchise tag's not a bad thing for us going into year five yeah if you looked at it as game it out from the fourth year Before the fourth year on, there was one pain point. And if they had a way around that with the endorsements, with uh, insurance. Because here's the other thing. Nobody thinks Dak's in a bad position right now. And it's gone about as poorly as it could. Meaning if you were right before year four and you said, well, what could go wrong? You would say a major injury would be one. And number two, how about the entire league has a downturn that was about a thousand to one against the odds of the NFL cap going from 200 or close to 200 to 182 or whatever it ends up being. The odds of that were like a thousand to one against. It would take a global pandemic level issue to bring the NFL's financials down the way they've been brought down. And still, Dak's in a better position. So let me give the business aspiring people out there, or if you are a businessman or woman, you can sit and say, yep, he's right is when the worst thing it could happen about, because he could have had an injury that was like a three, you know, every once in a while, a Bridgewater type injury. But that's so rare. This is almost as bad. In in combination, the combination of a season-ending injury and a global pandemic that affects... Why does that matter? Because teams have less money now to sign Dak to a long-term deal. Everyone's down by 10% in the salary cap or so. So, well, no, wait, let's think about this. So, yeah, 20 million, yeah, about 10%. So, if you think about it, if you have a plan that seems risky and it goes about as poorly as it can in the early stages and you're still in a better position than you would have been if you went the other way, that's a pretty good freaking plan. And what part of that would you debate, Jonas? Would you agree that... The combination of that getting hurt and the pandemic's about as bad as it could have gone from looking at it from the perspective right before his fourth year. Yeah, it's it's the worst nightmare for Dak Prescott, just in the sense that you feel you're like you're you're looking at it going at the time of the injury, he turned down what 
just to end up with the 31 million that was the guaranteed off the off the franchise tag. So it appears like it, it, it's terrible. Well, that timing. was kind of a little bit of pain, but it was like hardly any pain though, right? And, and and here's here's what I've also thought about if. If the goal is if the if Todd France who and by the way I, I did look it up he's uh, Aaron Rodgers agent as well too so he's he's worked mm. with big time clients who also J- does isn't afraid to exert leverage exactly Jalen Ramsey's the other one Jalen Ramsey was the other player that he also represents and got his deal done in L A exerted it, leverage yeah, and so exactly. both of those guys are very aggressive pushing exactly. any edge they have. And there was a reason Dak chose him. There was a reason Dak went with him because and he, he and he went with him. At what do you have the exact time that he, he wasn't his agent when he came in the league? No, 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 no. And there, there that there was some talk that Dak's original agent, and I don't know who it was, but it might have been like a buddy of his. There was some talk that maybe the deal wasn't as good as Dak could have gotten. It, it, the way that it was shaped, uh, something like that, and so that's why Dak made the move to go with a more experienced agent and a guy who's gonna who's who's out to and his get actions he, seem to change at that point yeah and, like and his and, general tenor changed and if you remember there was also the discussion and this sort of threw people off guard because Dak's not like this to where they said to Dak Prescott would you be willing to take a discount like Tom Brady did and Dak Prescott brought up well, you know, yeah, but his wife is also a supermodel who makes all this money. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's thinking that level when it comes to why I'm different than Tom Brady when it comes to financial terms, that that should have been maybe another indicator for Jerry Jones and company that this might drag out a little while. So Todd France, Joey Bosa is a client, big extension this past year, Aaron Donald, um, Demarius Thomas, Fletcher Cox, and Bud Dupree, Steeler, or still on the team, but they say out the door. So an aggressive, uh, you know, in general, I think fairly aggressive. So, Mackenzie, we're saying that, uh, and again, Joe, we're live on radio, so we're talking, is the the idea, is this on top of the guys Jonas mentioned? Uh, No, I looked and it said Aaron Dunn. I mean, David Dunn was Aaron Rodgers's. Okay, so we'll get to the bottom of it. But in general, I think France and aggressiveness, I think it sounds about right. And and again, 100%. And to me, I think the DAC thing, and we're going to get our trending update, is I think the DAC thing, I don't think Todd France could, and we're speculating, could sell him on it's just more money. Because you're right, there's a lot of risk here. But to me, it's the freedom to go to what team he wants and it's the idea of you know i was gonna say be like jackie robinson and blaze a new trail but that was such a new trail it's not the way to say it. but to say after this dak dakota after this everyone's gonna do it differently and you know what every player that follows what you do here with me will benefit and thus you're gonna be doing something that gives back that is a that is a, a very strong motivator for people to have social conscience. Whatever it is, if you feel like you can do something that those behind you, meaning coming up in the future, benefit from, that gets bigger. And oh, by the way, Todd France is like, I get famous. You know, he's saying that in his mind probably. And um, also, I'm going to make some more money because I get a percentage. <laughs> but I think Todd France, if, if I'm right, wants to be the innovator of this. And I think that Dak wants to be someone that did something for those that will come up after him. And if so, wow, I see how he he went along with it. 
Yeah, and uh, he has he's with uh, Athletes First now. That's sort of a branch off to where he left CAA, Todd France did, and that's why that umbrella, is, you know, that's Aaron Rodgers. Okay, that's, perfect. Uh, yeah, all, all of those guys. So it's all sort of in-house to where it, it's clear there's a philosophy that everybody sort of buys into when it comes to negotiating these deals, and he's ruthless, man, and, and, that's, and Dallas knew going into it the game is going to change when it comes to negotiations. Now, you just brought up – so we're both right – which I love, but you brought up something that I just popped from my screen here. France left CAA in August of 2020. So just, you know, six months ago. So this feels like something he was telling Dak a couple years ago. Here's the plan. It's going to be about empowering players. I think we're... I think we need to make sure we get this nice and stamped because when it... I think we're right. And I haven't heard this anywhere. Have you? No, no, not so. Not I'm an innovator, is what you're saying. <laughs> Basically, now, I, it could be a bad innovation if I'm wrong. I think we're right. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Okay, last break. We're going to wrap up the Dak stuff and tie it to Russell Wilson and also the other quarterbacks in the carousel. But here's what's special. I haven't done this in over a year. I have an NBA play I like tomorrow that I think is going to move. So I'm going to give it early tonight. So if you like it, you can play it. And it's on the Clipper Boston game. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. R.J. Bell, we are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And, R.J., we've been discussing the likelihood of a Dak Prescott contract extension, which also leads into a conversation about Russell Wilson and his potential unhappiness in Seattle. I believe the following. If you are hoping for a certain result because of the good-naturedness or the goodwill of the other person, that throughout the history of the world you would have been very disappointed there's times, many times, that someone surprises us. They do the right thing. And the fact that we can kind of name those times, it kind of tells you they're not all that common. That in general, people are going to do what's best for them. And they can couch it in, my family has to eat. They can couch it in whatever. But it, I think if we just accept that's what human nature is, they don't, you know, we can all kind of be, you know, Kind of more realistic, because anytime we're living in like a Hallmark movie type world, we're just fooling ourselves. I say this because of the following. Russell Wilson has now played this very smartly. We predicted this part, that the four teams would generate so much buzz, because it's like feeding raw meat to the hungry, hungry sports news outlets where you know, everyone's looking for a story. And you give the four teams to the point that the mayors of New Orleans, did you see this, Jonas? Yeah. And Seattle were going back and forth. 
Yeah, about uh, keep your eyes off Russell Wilson. Yeah, uh, yeah and then they, they're talking about stealing the Pelicans. I mean, it's like tailor-made for the modern era of media. And do, we don't think Russell Wilson's agent understood that. And now, let me pose the following to you, Jonas. If Russell Wilson signed an extension that was particularly friendly for him, you know, let's say two extra years at $45 million a year, wouldn't Seattle fans in Seattle themselves be like, whew, we got out of that one. Like, somehow we went from Russell Wilson, hey, you signed your contract, baby. We'll talk to you in four years or whatever. When it, I guess it's two years when it's to they'd be happy to have him for two more years at a big number. And that's kind of the negotiation and framing of negotiations. What is an average outcome? What's a good outcome? What's a bad outcome? Russell Wilson has shifted the frame and his agent where two additional years at a big number would be a good outcome for Seattle, though that would have been a bad outcome Two weeks ago, because the answer would have been, well, wait, he had a horrible second half of the year. Is he getting old? What do you think, Joe? Do you think the frame has been shifted? Yeah, and I also um, – I, I was thinking about this because – and Brady Quinn brought this up, and, and nobody's ever really touched on this, but Russell Wilson's agent is a baseball agent. And mm. so his approach to these negotiations and these tactics – may be different than what the Seahawks have really ever dealt with. Because if you remember, the contract extension Russell Wilson's currently on, it wasn't like that was just easy going and easy negotiation and we're good here. Things got a little bit contentious, and I just wonder if some of that, his baseball background where players have seemingly much more leverage in that sport, is impacting this as well, too. I think it's a brilliant point, and I would say the following that I'm going to do my pick is the reason I brought up goodwill is – we're saying, oh, this is wrong, or maybe Russell. Right. Some people think it's like in the end they always win. Yeah. This always is either a break even or better, and yeah. thus it's hard to blame them until the system changes. Come on, baby, eighty thousand dollars. <laughs> Here's our early best bet for tomorrow in the NBA, coming from me, RJ, and we like the Clippers at Boston. Now, Mackenzie, your estimate, the line's not even out yet. We're estimating three and a half, you said? Yes, Clippers favored by three and a half at Boston. So let's put a buy all the way up to four. And here's why I like it. It's real simple. Since Paul George and Kawhi went to the Clippers, so we got you know two seasons, when they lost the last game, and they're not a gigantic favorite the next game, which you know hurts motivation. So they lost the last game to the Clippers, now against Boston, they won't be a gigantic favorite. Against the spread, Clippers are 25-8. and eight. And the rationale is simple. This team doesn't always play hard, but off a loss, they do. Clippers, bet it early because I think most of the public will be on the Clippers. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com for a deep dive into the J.J. Watt signing and the Dak Prescott approach. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! 